0: Thank you.
1: through the gaps between here and now, a strange vehicle fell through time and space. The TARDIS, home to the Doctor, mysterious traveller from a far-off world.
2: Outside, it took the form of a 1960s police box. Within was quite a different matter.
1: Vicky walked into the control room. The doctor was hunched over the console, Stephen at his side, hands full of discarded tools. Looks fiddly. It is. Uh, very much so. and No easier for your questions. Uh, what do you want now?
2: Well, I was only going to offer you some water.
1: The doctor looked a little sheepish. Ah, uh, well, yes, uh, most kind. That would be splendid.
2: A bag or glass?
1: A bag? We're not in zero G, you know.
2: Well, I don't know what people like best, do I, Stephen? The machine does both.
1: Yeah, a glass would be perfect. Thank you. The doctor deposited something oily in Stephen's hand. Yes, one for me, too, please. And uh, maybe a cleaning cloth? Try not to overcook mine. Oh. What exactly are you up to, Doctor? You've been hours. I'm attempting to increase the ship's habitable space.
2: Isn't it big enough already?
1: Oh, dear me, no. In principle, the TARDIS interior can be far greater than this. It's an unfortunate um, fault that limits us to the rooms we use now. Uh, This dimensional controller here should resolve that.
2: Three waters. Hang on. Isn't that the bit you pinched from the monk's TARDIS? Uh, Modified
1: slightly, yes. And I didn't pinch it. I merely borrowed it. Of course you did. I shall almost certainly return it once I I feel he's learnt his lesson and fate decrees our paths cross again.
2: (laughs) It might just be a very long time.
1: Yes, let us hope so. There. There, it's secured.
2: Oh. It doesn't seem to have done much.
1: It hasn't been turned on yet. Now, it may take a moment warming up. (laughs) Slowly, the TARDIS control room was growing. The walls sliding back from the central control unit. Ooh, that's hurting my eyes. The way everything's stretching out. You know, it's it's like that old 2D film where the the man's scared of heights.
2: The acrophobe? No. Oh. Oh, that might not have been out in your day.
1: Now then, my girl. Let's check the wardrobe, shall we? The wardrobe was just a large cupboard in the corridor. Or at least it was when Vicky opened its door. It was soon much, much more. A cathedral full of costumes from every imaginable world and era.
2: So many outfits! Have they all come out of the monk's machine? Oh, really, my
1: girl, be sensible. These are hardly his size now, are they? No, these clothes were always here, but unavailable. Fitting that device has unlocked the ship's capacity to manifest them. It's got them out of storage. (laughs) Just so. (laughs) The lights around Vicky and the Doctor dimmed. The TARDIS lurched strangely. Something was wrong. In the control room, Stephen gazed in alarm at the new dimensional controller. It was sparking and billowing smoke.
3: Stephen, what's happening? I can't understand you. Stephen!
1: No, stay by me, child. Stephen's not in our time zone. The new controller's malfunctioned. A twisted column of smoke rose from the controls to the ceiling. But it was static, frozen in the air. It's not stable! The ship's interior dimensions are out of kilter! It's not going to shrink, is it? No, no, it's not collapsing or expanding in space, my dear! It's going haywire, in
2: relative time! Steven, you've been slowed down in time! Try to get to us as quick as you can! Vicky, you're talking too fast! I
1: think you've been speeded up in
2: time somehow.
1: The effect's not consistent, Stephen. We need to get out as quick as we can. Both of you, get to the doors. I need to land the ship before it ages us all to death. The Doctor ran to the controls, buzzing like a bee one moment, staggering in slow motion at the next. He pushed Stephen to the main doors, then suddenly became a blur at the controls.
3: Stephen! Ah, Vicky! Outside now. Come on!
1: The travelers shot out of the TARDIS, flying through the air into a dimly lit space.
2: Watch out for the wall! Oh. Oh. Where's the doctor? He's
1: coming now.
3: Doctor,
1: grab that handle! Oh! Oh! Maybe we should have had bagged water. They floated in mid-air, clinging to looped handles against the wall of a long metallic corridor.
4: Starting again, isn't it? No, it's not. Quiet now. Deploy maintenance computer. Request locked and job
5: queued, supervisor. Lovely touch, that, isn't it? Calls you supervisor, but reminds you it's boss. You
4: might be right. It's not just me, is it? It is ruder when we're out of Earth reach. Ah, don't be daft.
6: I think it just seems that way.
4: Of course not.
6: Everything gets worse when contact's down. Everything. It's like the planet knows.
4: Morland, please. It's just an air fluctuation. You know, routine stuff, nothing to get alarmed about. It said abnormal.
6: Abnormal. That means it isn't routine. It's another breach, isn't it, Thorne? Oh, don't get me into this. In 6F. Well, let's see now.
5: Uh, actually, no. No, it doesn't seem to be. It's actually a slight pressure increase. That's odd.
2: Are we in space, Stephen? We're always
1: in space. You know what I mean. No, look. There's a tiny bit of gravity. We're ever so slowly falling. Well, of course there's gravity. There's dust on the ground. The Doctor scuffed the floor with his foot, sending a cloud up into the air. It hung for some time before slowly starting to settle. Uh, Now then, what else can observation tell us? Hmm?
2: Well, we can breathe. And these handles are the right height for us, so this is probably a human spaceship. Ah, excellent! And if it doesn't have full gravity, it must be an old one. Top marks! So, an early
1: Earth ship of some kind, eh? Never mind that. What went wrong with the TARDIS back there? Oh, a small temporal malfunction, nothing more. The ship's relative internal time went out of control. Can you fix it? Oh, yes. I hadn't fully compensated for the differences between our TARDIS... And the monks, that's all. It's the work of a few minutes to put right. Well, minutes in there, anyway. No more than a couple of days out here at the worst. (laughs) Days? Oh, hush now, Stephen, don't fuss so. It may be mere seconds. It will depend on how the time distortion stabilised.
2: I think we can bet it'll be days, then. Well, we shall soon see, shan't we? You're going back in? I thought you said we could age to death in there.
1: You, perhaps, whilst it was unstable, yes... Me? Now it'll have calmed down? I think not. (laughs) He pushed himself from the wall towards the TARDIS, heading for its open door, and banged hard against an unseen barrier. What's
2: happened? Uh,
1: The ship's interior. It's solid, black, impassable.
4: And the air pressure have increased. It makes no sense. It won't have. It'll just be a minor sensor fault. Just minor?
5: Maybe a small non-puncturing impact dented the hull a bit, reduced
6: section volume. Nothing to worry about. It'll equalise.
4: No, we'd have felt it if it had been any size. It'll be dust in the works.
6: And that doesn't worry you. The air sensors are
4: quite important. Do you want us all to suffocate? Oh, let me ponder the answer to that for a moment. No. Oddly enough, that wasn't high on my plans for the day. I do not want us all to suffocate.
5: Not all of us, anyway.
1: Clinging to the TARDIS, the Doctor pressed his hand against an unyielding wall of air.
2: I don't understand, Doctor. Why can't you get in?
1: Time has slowed to a virtual halt inside the ship, Vicky. Its air molecules are fixed solid in space. Even light particles struggle to escape. Perhaps
2: if we all pushed you together? No,
1: no, that would do no good at all. Besides, there'd be a dangerously long period when parts of my body would be working in different time zones. It it would be quite a strain on the system. (laughs) No, solving this will require technical assistance. Terrific. No, don't despair, my boy. This place seems quite advanced. I'm sure it'll possess all we need to affect our re-entry. It's
2: not that advanced. We had half gravity, at the very least, on the spaceships in my day. There's hardly any here. I've a theory about that. Did they have artificial gravity back in your time, Stephen?
1: Of course we did.
2: There you are. We're even before Stephen's era. This is practically the Middle Ages. Ah,
1: huh, well, let's see if we can find the siege engine, then. Ah! Huh. Inelegantly, the doctor began to walk along the corridor, taking bounding steps and grabbing at wall handles to compensate.
2: Oh,
1: yeah, Confounded hair in my eyes!
2: Would it help if I put it in bunches like mine, Doctor? I think it's bouncing around too much.
1: It most certainly would not! He pulled a brimless fur hat from somewhere inside his jacket, jammed it firmly down over his hair and continued on his way. Making a bit of a meal of it, aren't you, Doctor? It's easy! It's like swimming through the air.
2: Stop showing off, Stephen. You'll come a-cropper.
1: I'm fine. I've done this before. It's like riding a gyroscoot. You never lose the knack. Stephen glided gracefully past them both, then stopped by a heavy metal door at the corridor's end. Thought so. This isn't a spaceship at all. It's a Planhab assembly. A what? A flat pack colony building. I delivered some out to Sedna years back, it's an earlier design, but the connector sections are identical. Ah, so, we must assume we are still in the Earth's solar system. These are Pioneer's buildings, and from the gravity I'd guess... uh, The moon? Oh dear me, no, no, the the gravity here is far lower. Oh, pardon me. I spent a lot of time out on Eris, that's about a twelfth of a G. This is probably a third of that.
2: So, we're on a dwarf planet.
1: I think so. Shall we take a look?
2: That's not an outside door, is it?
1: No, but there's usually a viewport by the door units in these.
2: Ah, I thought you might want to nip out. (laughs) Not wise on a low-gravity
1: body. Any atmosphere outside will be decidedly thin.
2: So, where's this window, Stephen?
1: It'll be behind a panel here somewhere. Ah, there.
2: Not a lot of light. I'm just getting our reflections. I'll put
1: my coat around. Don't press in too close, it's quite cold.
2: Oh, I know. I can feel the chill here.
1: Outside, the travellers could dimly see a dusty, grey world, mostly featureless and flat, but close to, the ground was cracked and uneven, almost blistered. Beyond that, there was nothing but space.
2: Without knowing it, the travellers had triggered another alarm. Supervisor, Kureshi. Computer? A temperature
6: fluctuation has been registered in perimeter corridor 6F. I told you. Didn't I tell you there's something going on down there? Moreland, keep calm. I'm sorry, Supervisor,
4: but this... Computer, have those maintenance been dispatched yet?
6: The job has been moved up the priority tree. Put it straight to the top.
7: Your request has been logged, Supervisor.
6: Thorn. You
4: understand, computers. There must be a way of getting this unit to just do what we want now and again. Can't you Reroute a few circuits? Uh,
5: sorry, afraid not. Cobalt would sue us for trying. Lovely.
4: They're always so helpful, aren't they? Grin and bear it, then. Permission to speak, Supervisor. Go on. Morland unbuckled from his seat and crossed
2: the office. Micro-looped, sold boots kept him secured to the fibre-hook carpet.
6: I'm not happy. Well, that's a shocker.
2: Thorn. None of this is right. Can you see
6: that? The hull breaches, the equipment glitches. This is being done deliberately. It's routine stuff. But it shouldn't be. Whenever we're blindside, it escalates.
5: Oh, relax, man. All that's happening is we're stuck on a volatile ball of dust and slush in a base that was built on the cheap. Stuff hits us, stuff packs in.
4: That's
6: unnecessarily cynical. A pressure rise and temperature drop. How's that natural? Small impact, pressure up, delayed stress fracture, temperature drops. But the pressure doesn't. I'd like to go down to 6F, Supervisor. You're armed, if I may.
4: The maintenance can handle it.
6: It would give me peace of mind. Really? Really. Now that I have to see.
4: All right, go, but take care. And the gun? Computer, unlock a laden pistol for Technician Morland.
6: Request logged. Searching for crew resource, Moorland. Come on. There's only three of us. How long could it take? It'll
5: be psych checking. Always deep scans before issuing ordnance.
6: Request approved and actioned. Laden coil released to dispenser. Finally. Thank you, Supervisor. I'll keep in Comlink. link. I did warn you.
5: He's got worse.
4: He'll be fine. He's still a bit shaken, that's all.
1: In corridor 6F, Stephen was staring at the sky. There's a ship up there. See those winking lights? Unmanned freight platform from the pattern. Solid fuel launcher, then solar sail en route. Those things kept running for centuries. Ha! Quite the vintage vehicle fan, aren't you? I grew up around these things. You didn't start on the glamour jobs when you wanted to be a space pilot.
2: Is it coming into land, or leaving?
1: It's hard to be sure. They didn't go at any great speed. The point was, they were efficient. They could carry a decent load between planets without it costing too much. Oof, heck of a wind.
2: I suppose the dust picks up easily in this gravity. Indeed,
1: but I'm not sure that was wind. The broken ground we could see before. I thought I caught movement there. Some kind of life. No, no, almost certainly not. I don't think conditions here would allow that. It's a small eruption, perhaps something bubbling
0: underground?
1: We could probably get a better look at the next viewport along. Ah, why not? We need to explore anyway. Stephen grabbed the wall handle and pulled open the door at the end of the corridor to reveal a corridor beyond and a robot propelling itself
5: forward at speed.
4: I'll log your concerns, Thorne, but I think you're being a little unfair.
5: You know, he's started talking like the planet's alive now. One week it's rival mining corporations, next it's back to Earthers. It'll be Cobalt setting us up next.
4: Why would our own employers do that?
5: Don't ask me, I don't know. I'm not the one going crazy.
4: He's not... (sighs) Look, please, that doesn't help. He was nearly caught up in that last hull burst. Anyone would be on edge. When a man comes that near death, there are consequences. But
5: now he doesn't trust anything.
4: Anything at all. Not the ore reports, not the news packets. No one trusts the news packets. Doesn't even trust a computer. I know, but... But there's a code of practice to follow here. What else do you suggest I do? Frankly? Yes, why not?
5: Frankly, I suggest you force him to go into cryo. See if we can come up with a rebrief program that'll calm him. And if we can't? Keep him on ice. See you out the rest of our turn without him.
6: Supervisor Qureshi. Yes, computer? An unexplained door operation has been registered at the interface of perimeter corridors 6F and 6G. Morland? Technician Morland is currently
4: in central corridor 2A. The maintenance. Maintenance attendance at the interface of
6: perimeter corridors 6F and 6G interface has now been assigned top-up.
4: Come on now, don't freeze. Priority. link me to Morland. Morland here. Go ahead. Moreland, Supervisor Caretti, I think we may have a situation developing.
1: The approaching robot had a compact body mounted on long, multi-jointed legs. Nestling under its single fisheye camera lens was an array of folded tool arms terminating in nozzles, sharp blades, pincers and drill bits. It flew down the corridor, flicking its legs expertly from handle to handle at alarming speed. Quick, hide! (gasps) Vicky tried to run, but misjudged her movements in the unfamiliar gravity, kicking herself up to the ceiling in a cloud of dust. The robot stepped through. It's all right, Vicky, it's stopped. We don't seem to bother it. I don't believe it's even noticed us. The robot attached a flexible leg to a wall handle by the viewport, then reeled itself up, deftly reaching out a leg to slide it shut. Vicky pushed herself down from the ceiling.
2: I think I'm getting the hang of this flying lock. He's tidying up after us. Woohoo, little robot. Thank you.
1: I've seen things like this in museums, I think. It's a kind of early servoid.
2: Like a mechanoid? Are you like a mechanoid?
1: Nothing as smart, thank goodness. It'll just be a simple electronic brain slave to a main computer.
2: He's ignoring us.
1: I doubt it'll even have registered our existence. It'll just be programmed to look after the place. The robot pushed off. It sailed through the air, then banged straight into the wall beside the open door. It fired out multiple legs to stabilize itself, then sat still as if stunned. (laughs) Poor thing. No, that's odd. It it should be clever enough to move about safely in its own environment. Perhaps the dust Vicky kicked up disorientated it. The doctor leaned forward to examine the robot.
7: Phenomenous human material. Dispose.
1: Metal legs flew out, wrapping around the doctor's neck.
2: Moreland moved through the corridors towards the perimeter, pulling himself along the wall handles with practised ease, whilst holding a snub-nosed electronic gun in his other hand.
6: It's probably nothing. Probably nothing.
5: Anomalous human material. Disposed. Dispose. Come on, Vicky. I
1: think I've got it off the doctor's neck. Careful. Ah! Stephen and Vicky loosened the robot's grip slightly, but only succeeded in sending themselves, the machine, and the doctor flying across the corridor. Grab the handle, Vicky. Ah. Ah. If, if I can just break the lens unit on the wall. Uh, might be able to get a hand inside. Get to the circuits. Uh, uh, there we go.
7: Uh, Anonymous uh, human. Uh, uh,
1: uh, thank you, my boy. Uh, I think you may just have saved my life. Oh. What made it attack you, Doctor? You know, I've no idea. Perhaps it didn't like my face.
2: Nasty little thing. I was just about to give it a nickname, too.
1: The Doctor examined the remains of the machine. Uh, you, you certainly made a good job of smashing it up, Stephen. There seems to be quite a build-up of silica inside. Broken-up circuits? No. Dust and fused sand, I think.
0: Do you hear
1: that? More servoids.
0: I think they're coming this
1: way. Too many to fight. Get ready to push off. The moment they get here, we need to fly.
5: What? We've just lost a maintenance in 6F. What? I know. Could be a huge power spike, I guess. Burned out the sensors then, the repair detail, but...
4: Computer, comlink link to Moreland. Moreland, you're not going to like this. Systems are showing a maintenance down in 6F. Definitely out of the ordinary. Have to assume something's physically got in.
6: What do you think it is?
4: I'm keeping an open mind. Put your laden on top power, though.
2: Understood. Comm's out. Keep calm, keep calm. Nervously, Morland twisted a dial on the side of his gun.
1: The robots were approaching rapidly. Very your knees! Uh, we must be ready to launch past them when they attack.
2: I'm not sure they will. Doctor, I don't think they mean us any harm.
7: Malfunctioning maintenance unit located. Assemble for transportation.
1: They clumped and clipped together, connecting into a larger linked form. Working as one, they picked up their broken fellow and lashed it to them with crisscrossed legs. Once it was secure, the robots turned as one and headed back the way they'd come. Quick! After them! Whatever they're taking, that robot will have technology. Whether they're repairing it or breaking it up, they'll have equipment we can use. Use for what? To get back in the ship. Come along. What sort of thing will we need? Oh, a rocket, I imagine, and a pressure suit of some kind. A pressure suit? Naturally. It'll require considerable effort to get past that air barrier. I'll need protection if I'm to get through it in one piece.
2: There's a junction coming up. I think they went left. What? Hello. I wonder if you can help us. People.
1: How did you get here? Ah, uh, well, yes, that's uh, an interesting
6: story. What are you wearing? Are you even real? Of course we're real. Are you her? Her?
2: I don't think so. Uh, I'm Vicky. We didn't mean to scare you. Stay back.
6: Yeah, I'm armed. Look, I've got a gun. No! Dust flew up all around as the floor shook beneath them.
2: <sighs> Felt like an earthquake.
1: Doctor, that broken ground, you said you saw movement. Please, no. Not again. With an enormous bag, a huge section of the wall buckled, ripping open like paper. Shield your eyes! Masses of rocky debris and ice burst into the corridor, crashing into the walls. Sharp dust lashed the travelers' faces as the corridor's atmosphere began to
3: pour away
1: through the tear in the hull. The base's outer wall had been punctured.
3: Hold oh, it! What's going on?
1: I can't see! They're, they're dust! It's a hull bridge! She's come for She's come people! Come on, man! Hold on to the walls! Grab onto a handle or you'll be pulled out. Isn't that what you want? Of course not. The doctor was gasping and blinking, swallowing dust. Vicky grabbed his hand and pulled him to a
6: handle while Stephen and Morland seized another. Is there any way out? Maybe. We'll need to jump to the next corridor section before the temperature drops much lower. It'll be minus a hundred out there. On what scale? It hardly matters. It'll be death in seconds on any scale. There's a door we can get behind fifty meters to the right. Vicky went to jump. Not now! Let the air rush drop, or you'll be sucked out with
2: it. When then?
6: You'll need to wait. Till you're about.
1: To was fixed yet. Struggling to breathe, half blinded by flying dust, the travelers waited, the sweat on their foreheads turning to ice. They'd one slim chance, one tiny hope, or they'd face a terrible death. A death on a barren world. rushed past the travelers, tugging at their clothes as the temperature dropped around them.
3: Hold tight Vicky. I am doing... Not long now! When the air's completely
6: left this section...
1: They waited. Shortly, Morland dropped his hand and launched himself towards the corridor junction. The others followed, the doctor trailing behind, struggling. Morland jumped up the corridor to the right, aiming for a closed door at the end. The others followed. Once all were safely holding handles by the side of the door, Morland hauled himself through, Stephen and Vicky clambering after. The doctor misjudged the distance to his next handhold and found himself hanging in mid-air. Oh! Oh! Oh my word! Close the door! The wind pulled him back towards the punctured hull. He kicked out to compensate, but careered into a spin and into a wall.
2: Steven, He's knocked himself out!
1: doing. Open that back up. We only just survived. I'm not
6: throwing that away.
2: But the doctor, he's unconscious. We've got to rescue him.
6: You go for that door and I'll shoot. Moreland, report. Not now, supervisor.
4: Moreland. Thorne, I need you down there. Computer, Release a laden pistol for Technician Thorn immediately. I'm having that gun. Oh, Oh, no, you're not.
2: (coughs) Her momentum set them both flying, and the weapon spun from his hand.
3: Quickly, Stephen, go. Don't be a fool, man. I'm sorry. My pistol.
1: I needed that. Wish me luck. The Doctor was slowly floating towards the hull breach. Tiny beads of frozen blood traced a trail in the air from the graze at his temple. Stephen took a moment to calculate the trajectories, then launched himself at the Doctor. His momentum carried them both safely past the breach. Outside, something big had burst up through the cracked ground, leaving a vast high-banked crater. Stephen secured the Doctor to him, tying his jacket around them both and pushed off back towards the Corridor Junction. Morland's dropped gun swam through the thin air towards them. Stephen grabbed it, then with bursting lungs, propelled himself and the Doctor forward. Hopefully, Vicky would take that as a cue to make herself
6: secure. You idiot! You could have killed us all! Stephen! Doctor! Vicky,
1: take the gun. Cover our friend here.
4: Thorne's on his way down, Morland. Keep
6: calm. It's all right. I'm calm. I'm definitely calm now. They're not. They're not what I thought, Supervisor. I think they're just
2: people.
4: Good. That's good. Thorne, quick as you can.
3: Yeah, I'm on my way. I'm
2: on my way. I can't get there
1: instantly now, can I? How is he? He's not good. When I've two hands free, I can tell you more. Sorry? I asked you to take the gun.
2: Oh, of course, yes. Sorry. Pass it here.
1: Well, don't wave it at us. Point it at him.
2: I'm not good with guns. I shouldn't have said that, should I? It doesn't matter. I've got you covered. Please don't try anything. I won't.
1: (laughs) How's your friend? Well, blueskin's not usually a good sign. He's severely frostbitten. He was in the cold longer than us. I think his eyes have frozen open. Oh, Doctor! I think there'll be edema built up in his extremities. We need to drain it. I've seen it happen before. It's one of the hazards of deep space work. You, can you set up a Q-Cal? A what? An field. Quickly!
2: Stephen, I don't know if those treatments exist yet. You need to help
1: us now!
2: I don't know how! Look,
1: you! On the communicator! We need assistance!
7: Assistance? Well... May be able
2: to establish terms. However, if we're to help you, please. We mean you no harm. We're here by accident. <laughs> Look, have you gun that, Vicky? No, it's all right, Stephen. If you wave guns about, people think you're a criminal. We need to show these people that they can trust us. Here you go.
7: You're
2: giving me the gun. Well, take it then.
6: Oh,
2: there. We don't need it. I only took it from you so Stephen could help the doctor.
1: I don't believe I'm seeing this. Thank you.
0: Ah! <coughs>
6: <coughs> Thank you very much.
1: here. We're fine.
2: Oh. Uh, what about the doctor? I don't know. Well, we've got to... oh. Oh. normal gravity. I know. It could have warned me. When?
1: I didn't know you were going to be bounding up. How do you feel?
2: Achy everywhere.
1: Yeah. I think that's whatever we were shot with.
2: So, where are we? Looks a bit like a gymnasium.
1: Some kind of cylinder. There's buttons by the door, but they're all dead.
3: You're in the spindle. Attempt to escape and we'll increase
6: the G-to resistance training levels.
1: Of course. What? Basic artificial gravity. It's a spin chamber. If we do anything they don't like, they can immobilize us completely.
2: Where's the doctor?
4: Is he all right? Your companion is safe. For now. Mute the intercom. Morland. You can't go making threats. Not even veiled ones. You know everything's recorded. Yes, yes. I,
6: I wanted them to think we were in charge.
4: Well, we are in charge. How? We don't have
6: a clue what's happening. We don't know why they're here. We, we don't even know what they are. Isn't
4: it obvious? They're people. Just people. Saboteurs, probably. With no skin tags? Maybe. Yes. Hello?
2: Is there anyone there?
6: I think they're talking amongst themselves,
1: Vicky.
2: How rude.
1: It could be worse. If they take against us, they could turn the gravity up to ten in here and kill us in seconds.
2: Don't give them ideas.
1: I'm sure they know already.
4: To clarify, your colleague is receiving medical care. We're taking every reasonable step to ensure he recovers. Thank you. I am Supervisor Kureshi of Cobalt Series Base. This planetary body is licensed for commercial purposes to Cobalt Industries and as superior officer I'm judicially empowered here. This interview is being recorded for Earth Records. Could you explain your unauthorized presence on company property?
1: Well, we crashed here.
4: When? We didn't pick anything up.
1: How long were we unconscious? About an hour. Then we crashed about an hour and twenty minutes ago.
4: You're traveling without body
2: ID. Oh, where we come from, we don't need any of that.
6: Are you prepared to give personal designations?
2: Pardon?
1: Name, rank and number, I think.
2: Oh, in that case, yes. Uh, I'm Vicky. Any other codification? No, just Vicky. This is Stephen.
1: Stephen Taylor. I could quote you some license numbers, but I don't think they'll help.
4: And your companion? The Doctor.
1: Yes. Oh, I see. You mean, what's he called? Well, that's his name. The Doctor. I see. Has he regained consciousness?
4: Not at present. He's in cryogenic stasis. You're freezing him to treat frostbite? One of the main cryo-chamber functions is thaw control. Your friend is undergoing controlled defrosting to prevent cellular damage. Oh. Right. Thank you. How did you gain access to the base?
3: Thorn here. Got something I reckon you should look at. Didn't
4: I say not to disturb me? I'm on speaker Thorn. One moment.
1: Not the cheeriest crew, are they?
2: Thorn stood over a bank of monitors in the cryogenics bay. The room contained four two-metre-long, egg-shaped stasis pods, plumbed into a mass of tubes and cables. Inside one was the doctor.
4: Go ahead. I've muted the spindle.
5: It's this senior's readings, supervisor. I've been taking a look and they're all over the place.
4: It's probably just an equipment fault on the pod. What? But it in my pod? We'll have time to fix it before you need it.
5: It's not the equipment. It's the patient.
4: We're not going to lose him, are
5: we? Don't think so can't really tell. Half his readings just say anomalous.
6: See? Like I said, they're not even human. They're tied into the problems here. Supervisor, you need to be careful questioning them. They're not what they seem.
3: What are they then? Mist? Really detailed cardboard cutouts? Don't be ridiculous.
6: (laughs) I don't know what they are. Well, not precisely, but... I think they might be from the planet. I think they're part of her.
4: Her. Are you calling the planet a she?
6: I think we should turn up the gravity in there, see how they cope. <laughs> what you
3: mean like a witch trial?
5: Well, I'm glad that's several hundred years of civilization out the window.
4: Enough, Thorn. You're not helping. And you, Moreland, you're worse. I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt, but you don't make it easy. I think you might need to take a break.
6: No. No. I'd rather not, Supervisor. I'd uh, like to keep busy. That's when it all feels easier.
4: All right, if you're sure. Run a status check. Hull integrity. Atmospheric replenishment. That reported maintenance fault.
6: I think that was down to our friends in the spindle.
4: All the same. We should have someone on it.
6: Understood.
5: See. Yes.
4: Let me know the moment this doctor hits consciousness.
0: Well do.
2: Moreland returned to the base office and clipped himself to his chair.
6: Computer, report on hull repairs, would you? A maintenance crew has blister foamed and assessed the puncture area. Running repairs in progress. New module panels queued for installation. And that broken maintenance? The malfunctioning unit is now in the repair shop. It appears to have underlying programming faults in addition to physical damage. Nothing works here, does it? The base still operates within acceptable efficiency. (laughs) How long till air supply normalises? Air reserves have been accessed. Ceres base is currently at 76% of optimal oxygen level. What? But we only lost pressure in two intersections. Oxygen generation and air scrubbing have been unable to maintain optimal levels since the waking crew complement increased from two to three. Reserves have dropped. There are now five operational humans on the base. Even so, show me the PBR tanks. On screen.
1: Inside his cryopod, the doctor was being slowly revived. As he gradually became aware, a computer program spoke directly to his mind through pads fixed to his temples.
7: Welcome back, non-designated user. You will be experiencing some degree of disorientation. This is normal. Do not be alarmed. You are, per- you are perfectly safe. Safe? You are being revived from cryogenic suspension. It may be some time before you regain total physical and mental function. If you have left a message for yourself, it will play now. You have no messages, non designated user. Would you like to
1: receive information updates during the final revival stages? Struggling through mental fog, the doctor felt a series of options come to mind. Concentrating, he discovered he could choose between them.
7: You have selected general background.
2: In the spindle, the interrogation had resumed. Supervisor,
1: this will sound odd, but there's a reason we don't fit into your world.
4: Really? surprise me
1: we're not from here not yet when you send our details to earth there'll be no record of us anywhere no medical files no genetic profile nothing or if there is it'll be an old photo from the 19th century or something
2: or from something we've not done yet
1: don't overcomplicate things Vicky
4: rest assured I will be sending your details to earth as soon as we re-establish contact
1: you're not in contact now
4: Ceres is currently on the other side of the Sun. We're briefly in complete opposition once every 16 months.
1: This is Ceres?
4: You're claiming you don't
1: know? No. Well, yes, I didn't. But it's starting to make sense. We're in the asteroid belt, Vicky. Ceres is a dwarf planet between Jupiter and Mars. I know. Sorry, of course. Well, why can't you contact Earth anyway? Bounce a signal from another base somewhere.
4: Unfortunately, there are no cobalt-affiliated asteroid mines available to us. Our competitors charge a hefty relay fee. You honestly don't know this.
1: This is the bit you may struggle with, Supervisor. We're from your future.
4: (laughs) Really? Well, if you are going to make something up, you might as well go the whole hog, I suppose.
2: No, it's true. We can prove it. Near where we were picked up, you'll find a tall blue box.
1: It'll look like it's made of old materials. Wood and concrete, bits of glass.
4: That's our ship. Supervisor! Oh, goodness. How many times am I going to get interrupted? What now?
3: Our oxygen's not replenishing. The algae banks are dying. What? I'm looking at them on camera. They're about 70% dead. They should be green and lush, but they're rotten and brown.
4: That's not possible.
3: I think they might have been exposed to radiation.
4: And neither is that. There's no sign of generator leakage, is there?
3: I think it's cosmic rays. We must have lost some of the outer layer over the PBR dome.
4: How long before it becomes an issue for us?
3: On current air use,
4: two days at best. Two days? We can't grow a new batch in time.
6: No, we need to address the radiation
4: anyway. Computer, link in. <laughs> Thorn, we've got trouble. In the cryo bay, Thorn
2: listened to his communicator as he watched over the doctor's pod.
5: Trouble, yeah, I know.
2: I don't
4: mean the prisoners. I mean the base.
1: Inside the pod, the doctor was eagerly accessing whatever information he could.
7: Kerbal, set up Ceres base as a state-of-the-art mining facility. When many companies were pulling back from off Earth expansion, a bold decision that has certainly paid dividends. The minerals and petrochemicals extracted from Ceres are sent back to Earth in solar convoy to keep fuel costs low. Our ores take a little longer getting home, but their price makes them very welcome when they go. Do. The plant is almost entirely mechanized, but it's not all robots. An Anomalous. Despite phenomenon. There are still some things humans do best. The crew of Ceres base are bold pioneers on the very edge of human endeavor, harvesting the bounty of Ceres for all humanity. They're stating a claim in our future. A future that's quite definitely cobalt colored. Would you care to access further misinformation, information? Further mis
0: mission information or return to the previous
4: You don't belong here. That makes you mine
2: now. The base crew were in conference, unaware that Vicky and Stephen could still hear them in the spindle.
4: What are our
3: options? Minimal. We need to get the number of active personnel down before we run out of oxygen. We have two free cryopods, five people breathing. We should get another two frozen immediately.
4: And can we set a new algae bed blooming before the air for three runs out?
3: Maybe. It'll be close, though. We'd have to keep our fingers crossed for no more hull breaches. We're dead,
4: aren't we? Morland, please! No,
3: no, not if we're sensible. There is an alternative. Yes? We could lose a prisoner.
2: What does he mean, lose?
1: I don't think he's suggesting playing hide-and-seek.
5: If we let one prisoner die and freeze the other two, we could get back down to two active personnel.
6: I'm not going back into cryo. Not with things as they are. It's the most sensible solution.
3: No, something's seriously wrong here. I'm not going to let my guard
4: down. No-one's saying we're putting you in cryo, Morland. Remain calm. There'd be no legal comeback with their thorn about the prisoners.
0: In a
5: survival situation? No. Crew takes priority.
4: Uh, <clears throat> excuse
2: me.
1: The prisoners. I don't think you switched the speaker off.
2: And we think there's another way, if that's all right.
1: In the cryopod, unexpected thoughts forced themselves into the doctor's mind.
0: You're not part of this world.
1: You know that, don't you? You're not
2: wanted. Can you taste that decay in the air? The dust creeping into your lungs. That's your stagnant world
0: corrupting, becoming mine. I'm
2: already in, you see. Eroding your defenses, wearing down your walls. There's no escape. I will possess you. Become you. Destroy you. There's nowhere to hide. You're
7: mine. Thank you for choosing cryo comics for your rebrief. Non-designated user, We always remember you have a choice.
2: From inside the spindle, Stephen addressed the crew outside.
1: You use solar sailors, yes? Yes. With standard fuel to launch them? Hydrogen, electrolyzed from water?
4: Yes. Ice from Ceres. Doubles up as fuel and a payload shield.
1: Well, isn't it obvious? You get oxygen the same way. Cannibalize one of your rockets. Use that ice
4: out there. Could that work?
5: You know, I think so. I think it might.
4: Computer? Devote a maintenance group to oxygen liberation from ice, top priority.
6: Request logged and job queued, supervisor. But, the impurities. That ice isn't pure water. We'd be filling the base with duff. It's already full of dust. That's what this place wants. It wants to get in. Oh, well, if it's easier, we can just put you in stasis. I told you. I'm not
3: going back. I'm not going back into cryo. Morland?
4: Morland? He's logged out. Is he all right?
3: He'll be fine. He's not still got that
5: gun, has he? Oh dear. Not a problem. It can't issue a fatal charge. They have their blast power if they detect an ID tag.
2: Well that's fine for you. It's not so good for the rest of us.
1: We'll make sure you're protected. You weren't terribly concerned about our safety a few minutes ago.
3: I've changed my mind. You'll be safe. We've both got guns too. (laughs)
6: I'm not going back into cryo I'm not just going
2: to go to sleep and let this place eat me Well, you know what you have to do then I can't Of course you can (laughs) You can (laughs) A short time later, Kureshi recontacted the spindle.
4: Stephen, Vicky, get yourself onto the carpet strip. I'm powering you down. Don't try moving about too quickly. You'll need to acclimatize. Some boots. You'll find these useful in the living areas, they've micro-looped soles help hold you down where there's carpet. Can't afford a spindle everywhere, you know. You should have these out in the corridors, too. We can't afford that much carpet.
1: Where are we going?
4: The cryo bay. Your friend's about to be revived. I thought you'd like to see him.
1: Thorne lifted the doctor gently from his pod and took the pads from his temples.
5: Nice and easy now. We're in very low G. There we go. Welcome back to the land of the living.
1: Welcome? Are you sure? I don't feel particularly welcome. Something wants me dead.
4: Steady on the steps. I think I get it now. You put the first foot down before moving the second. It's about finding a rhythm. No, oh, Careful. Your inner ear may still be adjusting. It's a bit like leaving Earth for the first time. It takes getting used to. Not sure I ever have. Were you born on Earth?
1: Everyone was in this era, Vicky.
4: Yes. Haven't seen it in a very long time. You are far out. That's not the half of it. It's a 20-year placement. 20 years? Five years out in cryo on a convoy platform. Five years back the same. You only actually work about 10. Half of that you're asleep or in cryo.
1: (laughs) All the same. You must get
4: lonely. No. No, not really. I've Thorn and Morland and the computer to talk to. And I get to speak to my kids every week when we're in contact with Earth. Well, most weeks. It's not too bad, as things go, I suppose. You came this far out when you've got children? Yes. Yes, I did. Usually the sort of people who come out here don't have many loved ones. But I insisted. I can buy them a future working here. I couldn't earn the salary I'll get for 20 years of this and a lifetime back home. How old are they? Thirteen and sixteen. No, uh, 15 and 18. You lose track, don't you? I'm on ice so much they're catching up with me. (laughs) I hope they understand when it comes down to it. I hope they know why I'm here. Why don't your bosses just send out robots? (laughs) If you knew how quirky the maintenance were, you wouldn't ask.
1: Oh, don't worry, we know. One attacked us. Really?
4: Really? The malfunctioning one.
3: Supervisor Kureshi. Yes? The old man's come too.
4: We're on our way.
1: The doctor had clearly taken umbrage.
3: Old man? <laughs> Ridiculous! I am in the very prime of life. <laughs> Seems a little confused.
1: Sounds fully recovered to me.
3: I heard that, my boy, and that's not all. Whilst I was in that freezing chamber, I became aware of a presence. Something was trying to communicate with me.
5: It'll have been the computer, the rebrief programme. No,
3: no, not that nonsense. Something malign, something alive on this planet that resents our presence and wants us eliminated. I believe it tried to take me over.
4: Is your friend prone to delirium at all? He's prone to a lot of things, but not that.
1: Morland strode into the cryo bay, laden pistol in hand. He's right. Morland?
5: Get out of my way. Oh come on, don't be stupid. I'll shoot you. Give me your gun.
6: Give me your gun. All right, I'm putting it down here. Thank you. She's in you, isn't she, old
1: Me? Young man, I've met you precisely twice. And on both occasions, you have immediately waved a gun at me. Now, do you really think that's polite?
6: (gasps) I've been fighting for this planet. She's got in us both somehow. I don't know how, but she has.
4: We need to get there. Those guns can't kill, remember?
1: They can't kill anyone with an ID tag. That doesn't
3: include the Doctor. I've worked out a way now. A way to stop this thing. Morland, put down the gun! Thorn!
4: Thorn! Morland! Doctor! Doctor! (laughs)
1: Morland confronted the Doctor and Thorn, a gun in each hand.
6: I've worked out a way now, a way to stop this thing.
1: With a smile, Morland raised both his guns and pointed them at himself. Morland, put down the guns! The Doctor threw himself forward, sending Morland flying. The ladens blasted into the air. They smashed into the wall, one of the guns spinning from Morland's hand. Thorn stood frozen, seeming unsure what to do. Morland scrambled to his feet, looking for his second gun. Doctor!
3: Doctor!
1: The Doctor lay crumpled on the floor.
3: Get help! Hold on! We'll be with you in a minute!
1: Galvanised into action, Thorne jumped at Morland. The two oh, men clung God. to each other as they oh. fought in mid both trying to stop their blows pushing them apart. Just let me in there! Old man! Grab the Jenny, one of the green tubes, quickly! Get off me! The doctor rifled through a rack of drug dispensers.
3: But these... Uh, press the flat end on Moreland's skin, quickly. Uh, if you say so, just... Let me... There we go.
4: Supervisor? Thorn, are you all right? We're
3: fine. We're all fine. Oh, thank goodness. Morland's stunned. We overpowered him. What happened? He attacked you? Oh, not exactly. He was trying to kill himself. What... His own gun wouldn't fire a fatal charge at him. He wanted to, to be sure. He was trying to commit suicide? Why? No idea. <laughs> uh, I believe I might. Uh, forgive me.
4: I, I'm the doctor. I'm not sure we've been introduced. Your reputation precedes you, Doctor.
3: Ah, oh, does it really?
4: Oh dear.
1: Vicky, Stephen and Qureshi join Thorne and the Doctor in the cryo bay.
2: Doctor, am I pleased to see you. Are you? Uh,
1: oh, I, I, yes, it's, uh, it's Vicky, isn't it? Uh, of course it is. Hmm. Uh, forgive me, my dear, my, my head's still full of antifreeze. I'm not quite my old self
5: yet. How's Morland? Out like a light.
4: Can we confine him to cryo?
5: Not wise, straight after a Gen A shot. Need to leave it an hour or so.
4: Then we'll put him in the spindle at a restraining G until he's safe to freeze. After that, we let Earth decide. I wouldn't advise freezing him
1: again. That may be where his problems began. Hmm? Sorry? I believe something entered Morland's mind in cryogenic suspension.
4: It tried to enter mine, too. Probably just the computer. It communicates with you during revival.
1: Ah, Nothing so innocent. Something was trying to make me anxious, undermine me. I felt it. A voice in my head trying to... Bend me to its will.
5: Hmm. That'll be thaw dreams, surely. Everyone's a bit disorientated fresh from cryo.
4: I know what I heard. You're saying whatever drove Morland to this has had a go at you too? Yes. Then I apologise. What? What? Thorn, lay him by Morland. What have you done? Of course. Another Gen A shot, precautionary sedation.
1: The Doctor's not done anything.
4: That's why it's precautionary. I don't want him ending up like Morland. But
1: he fought off whatever it
2: was.
4: And no one would ever say that if they hadn't, would they? What about us? Are
2: you going to sedate us too? Are you going to sedate everyone you think is acting oddly? Not
4: unless I have to. Computer?
6: Supervisor Quirashi.
4: Assign maintenance to transport Technician Morland and the Doctor to the spindle. I want them restrained at six G's. The Doctor. The Senior.
6: Request locked and job queued, Supervisor.
4: Is Perimeter Corridor 6 habitable yet?
6: Repairs are complete. Atmosphere is acceptable.
4: Good. Stephen, you're showing me this ship of yours. But Kureshi quietly drew a gun. You don't actually have a choice.
1: Oh, for goodness! <sighs> if I must. Vicky, will you be all right if I leave you here? Of course. She'll be fine.
5: Then there's no point in arguing. Follow me. So, you're from the future then?
2: Yes. We travel all over time and space.
5: Right. And you chose to come here?
2: Oh no. It was an accident. We have a lot of those.
5: That's a shame. Why? Well, I was hoping you being here might mean something.
4: We decided if Morland was staying active, we'd stay active too. If he falls asleep, Thorn or I get some rest. If not, we're all on duty.
1: To reassure him?
4: And keep an eye on him. I'd have sent him home like a shot if I could, but Cobalt likes having a spare. Try to pull yourself along with your arm as much as you can. Avoid kicking the dust up. Yeah, why is
1: there so much dust, Qureshi?
4: Some comes in with maintenance from the mine probes. Even when they're up to scratch, the air-scrubbers can't handle it all. Stephen... You say you know the future?
1: A little, yes.
4: Will things get better on Earth soon?
1: Oh, Qureshi, these times you're living through, I I know nothing about them. They're completely forgotten. Maybe an ancient historian somewhere's written something about it, but that's it. Whatever's going wrong on Earth now... It's a tiny hiccup in history.
4: That's good. Things are pretty bad right now.
1: They'd have to be to make you come out here.
2: I don't understand.
5: I wondered if you'd been sent from the future to find out what happened to us here.
2: You think something bad's going to happen?
5: Something bad's already happened. I wondered if it was about to get worse. Ah, how stretched it be. Don't worry, they won't hurt
2: me. One tried to attack us before.
5: Yes, odd that. I can't work that out. They shouldn't be able to attack humans.
2: Well, this one could. In eerie synchronisation, the maintenance extended their limbs, clicking them into sockets in each other's bodies and connecting themselves together. The composite creature they became was long and rectangular, a metal framework crisscrossed with robotic arms. Dozens of metal legs rose as one. Incredibly gently, they took hold of the Doctor and Morland and positioned them on their shared back. I really don't like how they link up like that. Why not? It's creepy.
5: No, it's efficient. They put all their little brains together and act as one. Joined up thinking.
2: Well... They're off, then. Shall we follow?
5: We can do better than that. Grab a back marker. We can hitch a ride.
1: (gasps) Koreshi and Stephen turned a corner and Stephen found himself in familiar territory. Here we are. Your servoids have done a good job. I'd not know the break was here if it wasn't for this debris. Oh, ah, This rock's not as sharp as I imagined. I was expecting something much tougher. The stone he'd picked up crumbled in his hand. Must have been an incredible eruption to make this stuff pierce the wall.
4: I suppose. So, that's your time ship, is it? It says police. Are you a... Th-
1: it's a disguise, uh, apparently. Supposed to be inconspicuous. Where? Nowhere I've been. Come on.
2: Vicky and Thorne rode to the spindle on the back of a column of maintenance, clinging to the rear robots' heads. The Doctor and Morland lay ahead of them, held flat on Cat's cradle stretchers. This is ridiculous.
5: Isn't it? Enjoy it. There's not much fun to be had out here. You have to grab what you can.
2: (laughs) Has anyone ever told you you're a bit odd?
5: I agreed to be frozen in a box and sent to a dust ball in the middle of nowhere. That's more than a bit odd.
1: Say Morland and the Doctor are right, and there is something alien at work here. Why do you think it affected them in cryo particularly? What's, what's special about cryo? It's cold. Precisely. Cold as part of the base, I imagine. So? Well, Ceres is pretty cold too. The temperature plummeted when that wall was punctured. What if something's out there that needs cold to live? Something that doesn't like this little warm
4: base of yours? That's ridiculous. There's no life on Ceres.
1: Not any kind you'd recognise, perhaps. But aliens aren't always like us. Think about it. The maintenance that attacked the doctor, had that been outside?
4: More than likely, yes, but it wasn't infected by an alien cold creature. It malfunctioned. Probably just got silica in the works and shorted out.
1: Silica, exactly. Silica like this dust here. The dust that's all over the base.
4: Computer?
6: Supervisor Koreshi.
4: I want lab time cleared for sample analysis and a forensic clean of Morland's cryopod. All traces of contaminants eradicated, not a grain of dust. Stephen, scoop up some of that debris.
1: The doctor cautiously opened an eye.
6: You're awake then?
1: Yes, uh, but...
6: Don't try to stand. You currently weigh about 900 pounds. You put your heart at risk just crawling. I don't understand. We're in the spindle. It's normally our exercise room, but it seems to have been turned into a holding cell all of a sudden.
1: I, I suppose it has been quite a busy day. Still, it's lovely to meet you without your gun at last. I'm the doctor. I know. Doctor, you're awake. I've been awake for ages.
3: You have not. I may
1: have appeared to have been asleep, but... I was, in fact, assessing my surroundings. You were snoring? I most certainly was not. You were? (laughs) Well, it's this compounded high gravity. Makes it hard to breathe. hmm? Uh, Why am I being kept here? Whatever tried to influence my mind, I fought it off. I'm perfectly normal.
2: They don't know you, Doctor. They don't know what your normal's like.
1: Where's Stephen?
2: He's just returned. They're running tests on the rocks and ice that blew in. Stephen thinks whatever this thing is, it might have been in them.
1: Seems rather far-fetched.
2: Yes, but you and Morland have been more exposed to the outside atmosphere than us. Morland's had two near misses with hull breaches, and you breathed in a lot of dust, remember?
1: Uh, You were exposed to the dust, too. Surely you're just as likely to succumb.
2: That's why Thorne and Qureshi have Stephen and me at gunpoint.
5: Uh, Just in case. Nothing personal.
1: Can you uh, put me in touch with Stephen?
3: Can we? We can try. Computer, come link me to Qureshi.
1: Stephen and Qureshi were working in the base laboratory.
4: Qureshi?
5: Thorn, Moreland and the doctor have come round.
4: And? And I was rather
3: hoping to find out what you've discovered.
4: Not much. Iron and silica infused clay, a few complex silicate crystals. The interesting thing is the ice. There's a lot of electrolyte chains.
3: And why, pray, might that be interesting?
4: It means the ice can conduct a charge. There's oceans of this stuff under the crust. Mix in the iron and stir well, and sooner or later you'll get sparks. Enough to cause hull breaches? If they hit the right gas pockets, yes. I think our mining bores might be making things work. They're churning up the ice and charging it up. Maybe they meet something volatile and set an eruption in motion.
3: Ah, yes, yes. Yes, very ingenious. All quite elegant. But where does it leave Stephen's mystery life form? Hmm? I-, I
1: didn't know Vicky would have told you about that.
3: Don't you see? Electrical activity. Crystalline silica. It's obvious. Not to me. Think. How far is that away from life? How far from a computer? Light years. Not really. If the ice passes sparks through the silicate crystals in that clay, it changes their structure, yes?
4: Well, it could.
3: Isn't that just like making a memory? No, no, you'd need a huge mass of ice and an unimaginable amount of electricity to get anything approaching a basic computer that way. No, to to get anything even remotely like life, you'd need something Something the size of a small planet. (laughs) There's a huge mass of ice on Ceres, constantly bombarded with cosmic rays. It hasn't the magnetosphere to deal with. It's got everything it needs.
4: Ceres is alive. But it would be so slow. The simplest information would take months to transmit. How fast
3: does it need to be? When they sent us here, we were frozen solid for five years. We weren't dead. Just slow. This is insane, you do know that. But persuasive, perhaps. You're as crazy as he is.
1: Almost as if we caught the same mad idea. Uh, Vicky, can you run some computer queries for me?
4: If I'm allowed, phone. Look after her in the office. Give her full access.
1: Supervisor. Ah, thank you. Now, I want you to track the history of all Hull incursions and eruptions affecting this base. Map them against mining records.
2: Look for possible correlations.
1: Ah, the very thing, yes. Anything at all. Thorn? Thorn out. Have they gone?
4: Thorn's quit the circuit, yes.
1: Ah, good. Now, then Stephen, is there anything troubling you were keeping back from Vicky?
3: No, I don't think so. Is there something troubling you?
1: One small concern. The robot that attacks us.
4: Stephen wondered if it might have been contaminated
1: too. An excellent thought. And is that contamination still present? I don't know. I wonder if perhaps you should check.
5: There you are. Belt yourself in. Keeps you from floating off if you're a heavy typist.
2: Oh, I see. It's a keyboard and a a pointer thing. I'll
5: need to sign you in with my password.
7: Welcome, Technician
5: Thorne. You can talk with it if you like, but if you're putting records together, you'll probably find the keyboard easier.
2: Can't it hear us whispering? Good point.
5: Still, we could be lucky. Another good glitch it might forget what I said. <laughs> you mind if I walk back here? There's a fair bit I need to log.
2: That's fine. Make sure you've got a clear shot if I go funny, though.
5: Don't worry. I can type one-handed.
1: In the spindle, the
6: Doctor glanced at Morland. Uh, you're you're smiling. Silly, isn't it? We're under attack but I feel relieved. Really? thought I was going mad, you see. When I was alone sometimes, I heard a voice. I believe I heard it too. Serious voice, Doctor. That's what it was. In my head. Now I know it wasn't just me. I, I don't feel so worried.
1: I, uh, now you're one of two people who may have gone mad.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but with the same cause. Don't you see? That's what's good. It's not our fault. Yeah, I can't say that's a huge comfort. It is to me, because... Well, it it means it's not madness, is it? It's reality. I I thought the planet was alive, that it was trying to take over, that it wanted me dead. And I was right. It does. I suppose that is comforting, after a
1: fashion. (laughs) Though, uh, don't you feel it's a curious notion for the planet to be giving away? I don't follow you. It's as if you've been possessed by the idea you're possessed.
2: Stephen and Qureshi travelled slowly through the repair shop, holding onto the plastic partitions that subdivided the large space. This part of the base was made for robots, not humans. Instead of wall handles, its latticed floor was designed for maintenance limbs to grip.
4: You think you'll recognise it when you see it?
1: It depends how good the repair's been. It had a fair-sized hole in it when I saw it last. Mind, there don't seem to be any maintenance in here so far.
4: I think we're in luck. There's some activity in the next partition along.
1: Why is it all partitioned, anyway?
4: Keep the dust out, I think. Oh, the dust.
5: Let's hope it has.
4: Let's see what they're up to. No, wait. Listen.
5: Redesignating disposable maintenance. Why?
4: Just in
7: case.
1: That doesn't seem right.
7: Disposable maintenance now redesignated human. Scan human. Human? What are they doing?
5: I'm not sure. Anomalous human does not meet crew profiles. Dispose.
4: disposed of. Anomalous human? That's
1: what the servoid that attacked the doctor said. I think they've reclassified one of themselves as human to see whether they can kill.
4: They've been reprogrammed. I think so. But they shouldn't have the individual brain power for any of that. Their higher functions are managed by the computer.
1: I know.
2: There we go. And print.
6: Document printing.
2: Vicky unclipped herself from her seat, picked up her pages and crossed over the room. Thorne, can I interrupt you for a moment? Of
5: course. Sorry, got a bit distracted.
2: I've compiled my report. How can I get this to the doctor?
5: You could read it to him over the intercom.
2: He'll need to look at the graphs.
5: I can't switch off the spindle, Vicky.
2: Not even for a moment, so I can push a printout through the door.
5: Kareshi won't be happy, but I'll ask. Computer, com link to Kareshi, please.
3: Supervisor?
2: The communicator echoed across the repair shop.
5: Damn. They pull this. Humans located. Identify. Supervisor, what's happening? Two humans. Status anomalous. Kareshi? Dispose. Dispose. Come on!
4: Wait a moment, need to get a group shot.
1: That won't slow them down long. What's happening, Koreshi?
0: EM pulse
4: Thorn, we have a serious situation developing. Contaminated maintenance, about a dozen, probably the full in base complement.
5: They're trying to kill us! That's impossible!
4: I know, but they don't seem to agree. Deactivate their computer control.
5: Computer D-Link maintenance, power down.
6: Request slowed.
4: Request declined. Get out of that car! Get to a place of safety! Where? Put the spindle back on internal control and get in there. Why? Just
2: do it! Stephen and Kureshi emerged from the repair shop into
4: a long corridor. Maintenance close behind. This way! We need to get to the others! Anomalous humans! They're following oh, us! Meet us at the spindle thorn! We stand more chance as a group! But Morland and the doctor are only a potential risk. This lot not actual
7: Anomalous
2: humans. A pursuing maintenance spasmed. Multiple limbs flying, entangling some of those behind. Others, further back, deftly skipped by. No
1: goes. Yeah. Look out! It's firing foam at me!
3: Quick! Oh, Solidifies in seconds! like rock!
1: Oh, we are in trouble!
3: Come on! Vicky
2: and Thorn rushed into the spindle hall. Doctor, Mr. Morland, we're going to switch the spindle off. But there's nothing to hold on to. Be prepared for a joke, then. Thorn! Come on! I, I don't know what to do. <sighs> Stephen, I'm fine. Thorn, what are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm waiting for you. Don't just stand there. Train
4: your gun on this door.
2: Anonymous humans. He's
4: frozen. I think it's the stress. Stephen, oh. take his gun. But don't argue. You're slowing us down. Here, thanks. Thorn, Vicky, get up in the spindle. Quickly. We'll keep this lot back.
3: But Stephen, go. Make him go too. All right, come on. What's the plan?
4: Evolving. I'm reactivating internal controls on the spindle. You'll be able to send your own G's in there now. So? So you'll have an advantage. Just need to make sure the terminal here is beyond use. Don't want them getting smart and smearing us from outside. How's the battery on that gun, Stephen? Okay, I think. Better than mine, then. We're down to about six active maintenance. Probably a couple auto-repairing, but we've shortened the odds.
1: So now what?
4: We retreat to the spindle and hope those six follow. What?! Internal controls are by the door. We wait till they're lured in and then... <laughs> We're inside! Quickly, get up here! You go first, Stephen. I'll be right behind. Alright. Maintenance
2: emerged from the shadow of the hall doorway.
7: Anomalous humans. Disco.
4: They've bitten. They're coming up after us. Get as far back from the door as you can in there!
2: Stephen threw himself inside. Koreshi halted by the entrance, waiting for the maintenance.
4: Come on, you lot! Get back from the door! I just need to do this!
1: A maintenance stepped over the threshold. Yeah, there, watch out! Quick setting foam sprayed out, rooting Qureshi to the spot. Hell! Supervisor! Keep back!
4: I'll cut myself out!
5: A
1: remaining maintenance sprang up the stairs and stepped into the spindle. There's more of
5: them! Close the door!
4: Hurry! Everyone in? Next stop, 4G.
1: The spindle door slammed shut, trapping the maintenance and humans inside. The spindle kicked into life, its vast drum rotating at amazing speed.
2: Kureshi, look out! That one's too close! Keep back! I'll shoot! No! No! I can't stick it! Dispo, 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 dispo.
0: I can't get away! Kureshi! anomalous humans, dispose and dismantle, dispose
5: Dismantle.
1: Dispose. The lead maintenance swivelled a nozzle to fire foam at the cowering humans on the other end of the spindle. But in the suddenly increased gravity, the jet fell short, pooling around the robot's legs. It's trapped itself! The doctor cried out in delight. Ah! Of course! They're lightweight! Engineered for low gravity! We've the advantage now! Stephen, you can move quicker than them! Shoot, that nearest one will make a good shield. The maintenance were moving more sluggishly. Their legs bowed with the weight of their bodies. Although the higher gravity was affecting Stephen, it affected the robots more. Stephen? Kureshi, Beyond our help, I'm afraid.
2: Oh, no. He had two children.
1: Every death is to be mourned, my child. Mothers and the childless and all. Pass me her gun. Yeah,
5: Battery's battle is spent. She didn't stand a chance.
1: We need to stop what's happening right now. I quite agree, Stephen. Uh, would you bring the G-force down to something more bearable? One G? Uh, that is traditional. No, no, a quarter. We'll have to leave this tombola drum at some point, best make adjusting as easy as possible. We're going to leave. I'm afraid so. Those robots there won't be all this being can throw at us. If it controls your computer, I imagine it can manipulate everything on this base that's mechanically
6: controlled. And that does rather include this room.
2: And everything else in the base, surely?
6: Not quite. We should still have power, light and heat. The basic systems are quite separate.
1: Yes, but for how long? I can't imagine that it'd take these robots long to put a stop to that.
2: Are there more of them out there?
1: I'm afraid so. We've probably only stunned half the ones we
6: shot. So why aren't they attacking? I should think that's down to our spin. We're rather hard to grab onto. There'll be maintenance from outside, too. The ones that work on the probes. I'd have thought if any of them are going to be under this creature's control, they will.
2: Are we certain this thing's controlling the computer?
1: Perhaps not controlling, but... Certainly influencing. These robots aren't going against their programming after all. They're still programmed not to harm humans.
6: Yes, they've just been tricked into seeing us as repair jobs. Precisely.
2: It just seems odd. The computer was fine before. It let me do my searches and print out the data. If it was fighting us, I'd have expected resistance. Ah, yes, yes, of course, your
1: research. Ah, did you find anything useful eh
5: Let me see now. I can't believe you're studying spreadsheets at a time like this. when
1: better, hmm? If we're to get out of this situation, we need to use our intelligence. And we need to apply that intelligence to information. But
2: this may hold a key to understanding our opponent. I'm not sure it does. There are no clear patterns. The system problems and hull breaches start increasing about two years ago. They get a bit more severe, but that's it. They don't even seem tied to any particular mining events. Yeah, no,
6: no, no uh, obvious patterns. The most obvious thing is that the most really bad things happen to me. Yes, yeah, that, that does seem unfortunate.
1: Aren't we missing the time factor here, Doctor? I mean, how slowly might an ice and silica creature react? All these events could relate to the start of mining here. How far back was that?
6: Just over six years.
1: Well, maybe we're not seeing a pattern... ...because this creature thinks slower than us. It might have only noticed now. This could be its
6: first nerve twitch. No, it, it disrupted air generation, remember? That strikes me as an intelligent act. What? Cosmic radiation was slowly destroying our oxygen farm. We think the roof over the PBR got scraped thin. Well, That could just have been coincidence. Some debris
5: glancing off the hull in the wrong place. It feels deliberate.
6: That wasn't a nerve twitch, that was thought about.
5: We're running short of air too?
6: Why didn't you inform me? We're
5: fine. Stephen came up with a workaround. Did he now? Well, well. Hmm. What was that? I suspect fresh
1: hull breaches. More eruptions? Or mining robots blasting
2: their way back in all across the base maintenance were breaking holes in the perimeter walls and making their way inside
7: more
1: explosions followed shaking even the spindle mining maintenance they'd have explosives
6: why wouldn't they just open the access airlocks
1: because they intend to kill us Reducing the air supply makes that job easier. What are we going to do? We're going to live. How? Mind material leaves here, yes? Yes. It's sent out from dispatch on solar platforms. Good, good. And you'll return to Earth on these two? Yes. So, I assume you have platforms
5: here with stasis facilities? With platforms and dispatch, but they don't have cryo. We reuse the base pods. It's cheaper. Ah, they're portable then? Not easily. It's a maintenance job. But you could attach them to platforms? Well, yes, but we only have three. What? We're a crew of three. Cobalt didn't build in much contingency.
1: Ah. No matter. Um, three will have to do. We must get these pods from the lab and launch ourselves away. We won't all make it. No. Two of us will have to stay behind, and I suggest one of those people is me.
2: You won't stand a
1: chance. Oh, really, child. Don't underestimate me. If I can get to a presser suit and some form of propulsion, I may still...
5: That doesn't sound good. I think the maintenance have found a way to kill the motive power. They're switching the spindle off.
1: Hmm. It's high time we left then. If the rest of the power goes, we may not be able to open this door. Mr Thorne,
5: are there any more weapons on this base? Mining explosives. Nothing that won't
6: just blow holes in the hull. What about my pistol? Back in store, after what happened. Of course. Where's the store? Can we reach it? No. The computer controls access.
1: So... We have one working gun. Use it sparingly. Shall we go? Hesitantly, they emerged from the spindle. Watch out for those robots! Believe me, we are. Please, not so fast. I don't have your ridiculous boots on. Looks clear. And keep near, Stephen, Doctor, there's one thing that's bothering me. Just one. Lucky you. Go on. There's no record of any life on Ceres in my day. Oh, mine. I can just about believe this creature wouldn't have been spotted by my time, but by Vicky?
2: Perhaps its existence gets covered up.
1: Or perhaps it gets killed. It may even be we're forced to destroy this being to ensure our own survival.
2: Oh, the poor thing.
5: You're feeling sorry for a creature that you think's trying to kill us?
2: Well, yes. It's probably an agony. It never asked to be mined, did it?
6: Down here. Damn.
2: What's happening?
6: The maintenance have opened up the doors between here and the perimeter. They're depressurising us. Get through here, quickly. That'll limit our routes to dispatch.
2: There'll still be a way, though.
6: Should be. Unless they've blown holes in the hull down every perimeter route. Well, you had to say it out loud, didn't you? I think we'll be able to cut in and out of the inner corridors for a while. There'll still be air trapped in the central compartments. Unless
5: the maintenance open all the doors in between.
6: That'll take time. Organisation. Is this going to work? We've one weapon and no guarantees
1: of air. What else can we do? Try to influence the computer, maybe. I mean, that's the
5: root of all this. It's beyond that. Well, Mr Thorne? Well, I suppose if we did want to take the computer down, we could try to fry its main circuits. With one gun? No, but the same principle. If we can get to the generator, we can reroute the power systems to act like a huge blaster. Send a massive burst of energy through the computer's main core. An electromagnetic pulse? Enough to close it down? Probably. Enough to do some damage, anyway. If we did it right, we could send out an EMP wave big enough to shut down the maintenance, too. Capital,
2: But aren't the maintenance run by the computer?
1: Ordinarily, perhaps. But at present, it's best not to presume.
2: Uh, Could you
1: engineer this pulse, Thorne?
5: With your help, definitely. Mine? Well, you're the scientist here, aren't you?
1: Well, uh, yes, yes, I suppose so. It'll
5: Hmm. be quicker with two people who understand the principles.
1: Splendid. Uh, You three, do you think you can manage those pods without us?
2: Will we need them if you disable the computer? Quite
1: Possibly. Even if we succeed, it may be a while before we have a secure air supply. Right then. We'd better get cracking. Shall we go, Mr. Thorne?
2: In the Cryo Bay, Morland took charge.
6: Help me uncouple these pods, Vicky. Stephen, cover the door. Listen for maintenance. Okay.
2: All these wires.
6: Is there a system? Just disconnect them all. Those pods are big, Morland. C- can the three of us do this? We'll tie their loose couplings together. Move them as a train. It'll be a bit unwieldy. Maybe, but it'll leave your gun hand free.
1: Cautiously, Thorn and the Doctor made their way toward a heavy sliding door. Thorn reached out to open it.
5: This should be the quickest way down. The Doctor
1: held Thorn back. Uh, One moment. I'd like to hold the wall, if
5: I may. You're very wary, aren't you, Doctor?
1: Yes. I suppose I am. I find it pays, don't you?
5: We'll try another route. There's two doors to the generator room. With luck, there's a clear way through to the other one.
2: Moreland and Vicky had finished tying the pods together.
6: Right. Those should hold. You take the rear, Vicky. I'll lead with this one.
2: All right. Got it. OK, Stephen,
6: let's go. Maintenance.
2: More than a dozen linked maintenance loomed over him. The conjoined robot approximated human shape, but was far taller than any man. Rills and blades whirred at the end of its arms, and powerful pincers snapped... As it clamped onto the doorframe and lurched forward.
6: Anonymous humans, dispose.
2: We've combined!
6: That's a rivet gun.
2: Shut the door. Help me hold it. Dispose. The shot loosened the machine's grip on the door, and Stephen managed to slam it shut.
1: This isn't gonna hold them long, no.
2: The door's getting hotter. I think they're
1: using a flame cutter. I'm gonna to have to let go soon. You two, take cover. Get behind the pods. But Don't argue. If we're going to have any chance, I need to be fast. I don't want either of you in the way. A door slid open in a large dark room with doorways at either side. Made it. The generator. The doctor looked around. In the room's centre stood two tall control
5: panels covered in flickering lights. Ah... So we have You go and work on that terminal. I'll set to rerouting this one. No, I think
1: not. I'm not sure I want to turn my back on you, you see? Sorry? You do realize I know. No? Know what? That none of this mess has been the work of an alien. Ceres isn't alive, Thorne. All the disruption this base has suffered. Has been your handiwork.
5: What? Oh, come on, you're joking. Look, get a move on. We need to reroute these systems. No! Ugh, don't be ridiculous. Me? What are you talking about? If you really believed that, why'd you come here with me unarmed? I thought it
1: best to get you as far as I could from my friends. Oh, and I am armed, I assure you. I have my wits. How can you possibly reckon
5: this is down to me?
1: It was Vicky's printouts, in the end. There was a pattern, you know, not the most obvious if you weren't looking for it. But you were. The most serious system failures, the biggest hull breaches. They all occurred in those periods when the orbits of Earth and Ceres meant you had no contact with your superiors. And they all occurred while you were out of cryogenic suspension.
5: (laughs) That's circumstantial.
1: Quite so. But suggestive, yes. Then there were those robots in the spindle. They seemed to be attacking everyone but you, didn't they? When I thought back, you didn't seem quite as scared as the rest of us.
5: Not my fault you lost your nerve.
1: You've been crudely reprogramming this base's computer for years. And for some reason, you've been using it to disturb poor (sighs) Morland.
5: For some reason for some reason (laughs) and I thought you were a clever man well what sensible reason could you have boredom frustration Moreland's an idiot don't know if you'd noticed I'm on the same pay grade as an idiot sharing a handful of rooms with an idiot for a decade bit of an insult when you stop to think about it and we've a lot of time to stop and think out here
2: The cryo-bay door was glowing red-hot.
1: I'm going to have to let go. Are you safe?
2: Not exactly, but in relative terms, we're behind the pods, yes. All right. Keep your heads down. The huge composite maintenance pulled itself into the room. It swivelled two arms towards Stephen.
0: Disposed.
2: Stephen leapt across the room just as the spot he'd been standing on was showered in flame and metal. Aim for the top one, Stephen. There's too many. I'm not sure I can stop them all. Distance. An arc of quick-setting foam shot across the room, missing Stephen by inches as he kicked out at a wall and changed course.
6: You'd do more damage if the charge earths right through it. Are you sure? No.
2: Watch out for that sword. What? A huge spinning blade was plunging towards him. Without thinking, Vicky grabbed the cryopod shielding her and threw it at the Tower of Robots. Ah! The combined pods spun across the room, smashed into the maintenance. Fierce blades crashed down into two of the pods, cracking them open like eggs. But Stephen sprang away, shooting frantically as he did. One of the top maintenance was on fire, cascading sparks onto the others below. The structure began to collapse, robot limbs fell limp and the huge machine tottered, coming apart as it fell.
6: We did it! Well done, Stephen.
1: Not that well done. This gun's nearly finished, and we've only one
6: cryopod left. Should we try to get to dispatch anyway? I'm not sure we'll make it.
1: In the generator room, Thorn was holding court, seemingly relishing the disgust on the Doctor's face.
5: I started quite small. Found I could slip subliminal anxieties into Moreland's cryo-learning first. Made him twitch a bit. Nothing much. Just pranks, really. And that led to disrupting his shifts. Little things. Phantom errors. Petty faults. Of course, I never did it when Cobalt could watch. And I made sure I could hide it untrackable computer failures while we were out of earth reach. All the evidence wiped. (laughs) It was fun back then. You know? Fun. But then I got angry. Watching this idiot earning as much as me, this man who I could make dance like a puppet, falling apart without even realizing why. So I upped the ante a bit, threw in a few hull breaches, beefed up the subliminals, Gave him something to really get worried about.
1: Yes, I believe I experienced it.
5: Yeah, sorry about that. You were dumped in Moreland's pod before I could clear the routines. Good though, wasn't it? You
1: tricked Moreland into believing this whole planet was malign.
5: Yeah, worked very well, didn't it? And between the two of you, you convinced everyone else.
1: And I suppose you're responsible for the problems with the air plant, too.
5: That was nothing. Just a maintenance scraping off a bit of hull protection. That was done ages ago. You endangered the whole crew! No! There'd have been no problem if there'd just been the three of us. Just another reason for Koreshi to put Moreland in cryo if he was still around in a week or two. Meant I could wipe clean my suggestions if things didn't work out. If you lot hadn't turned up and started using extra air, nobody would have noticed.
1: But what did you hope to achieve with
5: all this? Moreland's death, obviously. My reports have been full of concerns for his health for months. Unstable, delusional, mind full of impossible space creatures. No one at control would have been surprised if he'd committed suicide or got careless and died in an accident. You wanted him dead? Of course. I'd have done very nicely. Half his completion bonus. Work-related trauma payout, additional shift pay. Almost enough to make being out here bearable. Had to change the plan a little when Moreland survived that last hull breach but there's still time to make it all fit. You think you'll get away with this? It's all a bit off the cuff, but I should be able to figure out a story that works. Once you're all dead, I log back into the computer, undo my system changes, arrange a suitable cover. At the moment, I think an unhinged Morland kills Koreshian and tries to wipe the computer to cover it up before I bravely step in.
6: I'm not sure that's going to fit, Thorne. Morland, Vicky and Stephen. Stepped into the room. Ah, Moreland. Changed your mind about dispatch then? We lost a couple of the cryopods. We thought it'd make more sense to come and find you. And I'd got you such a lovely welcome there. You can't do anything properly,
5: can you? Sorry. Oh, well, it's not your fault. Couldn't even manage to die with two guns to your head, could you? Perfect cover, I even had a witness, but no!
6: You let the old man distract you and forced me to play the hero. Technician Thorne, I'm arresting you under planetary commercial law and suspicion of murder, sabotage and attempted...
1: See, he can't even get the words right. Incompetent. I'm feeling quite
5: competent with this gun, Thorne. You won't shoot. Won't I? You'd have done it from the door if you were going to. Are you sure? Well, let's see, shall we?
1: Thorne leapt past the doctor and across the room. He landed by the door in the far wall and wrenched
6: it open. No! Thorn, don't! Shoot him, Stephen! I can't! I've no charge left!
1: A sudden roar of wind plucked Thorn off his feet. Writhing and screaming, he was dragged down the corridor behind the door. His eyes bulged in terror and his mouth stretched wide as he disappeared from view. Morland jumped forward. For a moment, it looked like he was following Thorn to his doom. But he judged his leap well. He grabbed the open door, and with a hard kick off the wall, managed to pull it too.
6: He'll have been sucked onto the surface. That corridor's the breached one we saw heading down.
1: Did Thorn forget it was breached? I don't think so. I think he chose a quick death. Overstanding trial for his crimes.
2: That's horrible.
1: Yes. Yes, it is. What do we do now, Doctor? I suggest... We get your computer working properly again, before those maintenance can do any more harm. Uh, Thorn said he could log in and reverse his changes. But we don't know his password.
2: I do. He typed it in when I used the computer. It's bonus scheme.
1: Really? Oh, how dispiritingly banal. Two days later, the computer's programming had been restored and the base was slowly returning to normal.
2: Stephen, how's the doctor getting on?
1: All right, I think. When I left him, he was complaining about the remote control and muttering a lot.
2: Far better a maintenance fixes the TARDIS remotely instead of him.
1: Yeah, I thought I should keep my distance. How's Morland?
2: Recovering. Looks like a brief spell in the cryopods helped.
1: Has it undone what Thorn planted in him?
2: Hopefully. He seems more relaxed, anyway. Where is he? Surveying the hull repairs. Ah,
1: there you both are. Ah, dog, these ridiculous boots.
2: Doctor,
1: is the TARDIS mended? Ah, it's as good as it's ever been. Oh. Better even. Either it's a little roomier. You can walk in and out and time flows normally inside. <laughs> what more could you wish for? Steering. <laughs>
2: Stephen, you're being very rude.
1: I think perhaps it's time we said our farewells. Don't you? Soon afterwards, the travellers and Morland stood by the door of the TARDIS. Do you have to go? I think we may have already stayed too long.
2: Will you be all right on your own?
6: I reckon so. I've finally got enough work to do. Mine to supervise, repairs to run... Yeah, I'll be busy enough. And in yourself? Yeah, I'm feeling much better. Truthfully. Hardly a care. The one thing... Go on. My report for Cobalt.
2: <laughs> How much should I say? Everything. It'll all come out anyway, won't it?
1: Oh, I'm not so sure. I'd consider leaving us out.
2: Why? Well,
1: I think including us might cause more problems than it solves. I'd take a leaf from Thorne's plan. Skip a few details and invent something more plausible. It might make for an easier life. (laughs) A long-term and a short-term view, Mr Morland. Idealism and pragmatism combined. (laughs) You can tell whose future lies the nearer, I suspect.
6: I'll give it some thought, thank you.
2: Good luck, Morland.
1: See if you can persuade Cobalt to get you home early. Trust me, isolation gets hard. Thank you. Come on, in you get you two, into the ship. Goodbye, Morland. Goodbye. Goodbye.
2: Hey, proper gravity.
1: Ah, Mr. Morland, talking of long and short-term futures, I've been thinking about your trip home too. Yes? You may find the topics on this piece of paper reward study. The skills it might be useful to have in the years ahead. Thank you. It's a tiny thing. A
6: little nudge.
1: Huh. Not a word, though.
6: I understand. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> the doctor
1: closed the TARDIS door behind him. A few moments later, the ship began to roar and howl. It slowly faded away, leaving a square, dust-free patch of floor behind. Morland smiled.
6: Well, i be... Yes... Perhaps I will have to fudge the report a little. <laughs> Time travelers. I mean, you'd have to be insane. Yeah! <laughs>